It's This Week in Bourbon, where at some point in the future, maybe AI will do this for us. And here's your headlines for March 10th, 2023. The whiskey fungus at Jack Daniels is making national headlines. A leaked document from Amazon shows that they're trying to change liquor laws, and Law's Whiskey House has announced the 2023 release of their bottled and bond four-grain bourbon. But before we get started, as usual, here's a quick word from our partners. Ed Bly and Rising Tide Spirits are back again with a new release of Old Stubborn Bourbon. And this release of Old Stubborn is a premium hand marriage of 10, 11, and 12-year cask drink, barely filtered pot still bourbon. It comes in at a staggering 123.8 proof. And the flavoring grain for this one, which the last one was weeded, but this time it's now rye. Rich, sweet, and bold with a long finish that's sure to be another eye-opener. You can order online at Sealbox or TheBourbonConcierge.com. And you can even purchase in person at Revival Vintage Spirits and even now with very few select stores in Kentucky. You can get it now while you can, but be sure to do it because it's not going to last long. Do you ever pour yourself a bourbon, swirl it around, and then start struggling to come up with tasting notes? And perhaps you're also looking for a good Father's Day gift idea. Well, you can now solve both with a kit from Nose Your Bourbon. And unlike other nosing kits on the market, Knows Your Bourbon kits feature real ingredients for the most authentic aromas. You can smell real Tahitian vanilla bean instead of some synthetic aroma that's just made from chemicals. So head on over to knowsyourbourbon.com and enter code BP10 for 10% off your order. From their bar to yours, Chad and Sarah of the popular YouTube channel It's Bourbon Night bring you their favorite at-home old-fashioned mix with the new Elemental Elixir's Golden Hour Syrup. It's a custom-made syrup with notes of bold black tea, warm spices, and orange zest. All you need is your favorite whiskey and ice. No bitters needed. One bottle makes 16 drinks, so that's only $1 cocktail before you add your own whiskey. They can also be enjoyed in other cocktails or spirits, mocktails, coffee, tea, and anything you can think of. It's crafted locally in Lexington, Kentucky, and you can get your bottle now at whiskeyambitions.com. And they're off for another Get 270 2020 Unicorn Raffle. Your $20 ticket gives you not one, but two chances to win from our lineup of 20 Woodford Reserve treasures, including the grand prize, the rarest unicorn yet, the Woodford Reserve Kentucky Derby 150 Baccarat Edition. Only 150 bottles were made and is just like the one the Derby winning owner receives. Quit horsing around and get your $20 tickets now at Give270.org. Charitable Gaming License ORG 0002703. Hey everybody, welcome back to This Week in a Bourbon. Hey, another week has passed. And yes. There's still bourbon news. There's always <laughs> bourbon news. Unfortunately, there's no RTD news. I thought last week, I was like, maybe we'll have something, but there's just nothing that came out. Uh, well, actually, there is, summer. There's, there is one article that came out. I think it was from, I think, an executive of Beam Suntory, yeah, but it's not like news. It was basically saying that you can make or break your business on how good your RTD is and right. went all into depth of it. But that's not technically newsworthy per se. About, so. It's kind of like a gateway. Like if you nail the RTD, it'll show them, make steps up your, your, uh, your offering ladder, I guess. Yes. Which you'll, you'll have the beam and cola, then you'll get the beam bottle, then you'll get old granddad, then you'll get... <laughs> So it is the gateway drug of of your whiskey habit. Is that what it is? That's right. 
just get on that RTD train. Well, I think you know, I we'll give a teaser out there. People may or may not know. We've got another episode coming out in the future where we invited Flavor Man on the show, which if you don't know, they are based in Louisville, Kentucky, and they probably make 90% of the RTDs that are on the shelf. They help produce it. They are basically the people that help formulate all this sort of stuff. And it's we, we go through the whole process of what's it like to make a whiskey-based RTD. It's It was pretty interesting. I think we learned a lot when we were doing it as well. It is fascinating. You know, it's... Uh... Yeah, that, well, I'll leave it at that. That way people will tune in. Yes, I don't want to yeah. spill the beans. We won't and it. And there's exciting news in This Week in Bourbon, I'm sure, to get to. Yes, yes. Uh, only one announcement that I have to be able to go through is that if you like enjoying this podcast and you want to learn more about my background, I was actually interviewed on another podcast that was released this past week called Data for All. And it oh, was boy. talking about... Yeah, exactly. And it was actually talking about data and bourbon. And we actually went in depth. I gave a, a history and background of my journey in tech and my career. And then really about how Ryan and I, we use data to do a lot of stuff in our business as well as the podcast. And that's how we make adjustments into the type of shows that we release, which ones do we put more effort except into. When we, uh, de- except when we develop a brand. You know, all the data says uh, uh, just either bottle MGP or Kentucky bourbon proof down and that should be the key to success. Except we didn't listen to the data and went the hard way. But other other than that, yes, we make business good decisions on that. But residents of Lincoln County, a community of thirty five thousand in southern Tennessee, say that they've had enough of the black mold that's quickly coating their homes, streets, and public spaces, and they're ready to make Jack Daniels fix it. As Insider explains, the mold known as Bedonia compinasis. Pretty sure I said that right. And by its nickname is called the whiskey fungus, and it grows thanks to the ethanol vapor given off by whiskey distilleries, or in this case, the one by Jack Daniels located in town. In 2018, the liquor company built six barrel warehouses, and they're going to construct 14 more, but that was before a recent lawsuit was curtailed to those plans. Christy Long, who operates a local events company at more than a 100-year-old mansion in the community, she filed the lawsuit in January against the county, citing that the barrel warehouses lacked the proper permits for operation. The New York Times then reported, and Lincoln County Chancellor J.B. Cox agreed, ruling that Jack Daniels must seize construction until it obtains the necessary permits. However, that isn't enough for Long, whose lawyer Jason Holloman told the paper that he will be asking the judge to block Jack Daniels from using the other barrel warehouses near his client's property as well. The whiskey fungus is now on steroids, Long told the Times, noting that she and her husband have to power wash their property every three months with harsh chemicals, including bleach, but the fungus simply returns. The court said the recent building permit was issued based on construction documents and an amended site plan that had not been approved. As such, the court ruled that Lincoln County must issue a stop work order on for Brown Foreman until approval was obtained from the Planning Commission. So we talked about this in depth already at for the, the roundtable, but any other kind of thoughts going into it other than what we had talked about for 40 minutes already? Yeah, I mean, if you're in, you know, I think I said this, if you're in Lynchburg or Nelson County, it's just something you got to deal with. It's the biggest revenue driver in your, you know, in your county. And so it's like, you, you, you kind of know. And what, jobs. And jobs. And jobs. And so it, it, it is what it is. And it's, I get it. It's a pain. Um, I don't think you have to do it every three months. Uh, yeah, I think that's. It's usually cool. like every, uh, 
Even the distilleries know. don't power wash the outsides of their rickhouses yeah. every three months. Well, I mean, you I, should just do what they do and paint it black. There you, you know? go. It's That's like, right. <laughs> paint, problem paint the house fixed. black. It's fine. I get it. It's annoying. It's a pain, but it is what it is. You know, it's like, you know, I mean, it, that distillery has been there forever. So it's like, you know, I mean, the, well, only, the only thing that I'll give you. That been there forever and her mansion is a hundred year old. So <laughs> right. you tell me she's been doing this every three months for a hundred years and it's just now becoming a problem. I mean, yeah. So uh, it's just trying to squeeze it, trying to get them to settle for something, I believe. I mean, I get it. It's annoying, but it, it's a hundred year problem. So, you know, this is nothing new. I I think when you told me originally about this, I was like, is there a new fungus out or something? Because <laughs> yeah, like, I feel like this has been going on for a hundred years. And so, but nope, it's the same exact problem. So, uh, you know, case closed, move on, get a, you know, get a battery power electric washer, power washer now or something, save the environment. I don't yeah. know. <laughs> yep. For sure. Yeah. This is one of those things that it's continually always coming out and you never know. You never know what you're going to get with it. <laughs> I like that the fungus is on steroids. It's like, ugh. <laughs> So this next one, it's not bourbon related, but of course we get Mark Brown's newsletter. He's the CEO of Sazerac. And every once in a while, there's a good little nugget of information that I thought would be pretty interesting just to, to kind of talk about. And this one is that a German brewery is set to release the world's first complete beer in powdered form. So it's Neuseller Klosterbra in Eastern Germany. I'm pretty sure I said that one right too, which has been brewing for nearly 500 years, said it will put the powder on sale this year. The product could cut the weight of shipments by 90% because there will be no need to carry it in heavy bottles or in liquid form. And that's with cheaper delivery potential having a knock-on effect of the price of pints. Stephen Fritsch, he's the brewery's managing director, said that Neuseller had developed the powder over the last two years with government funding. You add water and you'll get a beer with the complete beer taste, including alcohol and carbon dioxide with a head of foam. Frisch said that inflation, the energy crisis and glass shortages, partly caused by the stopping of deliveries from Russia and Ukraine during the conflict, also created strong arguments for the powdered beer. It makes no sense to import glass bottles and fill them with German water and then send the beer to Africa or China or wherever, he said. Fritsch said that powdered beer would only suit brewers that supplied markets far away and that Germany's mostly small and medium-sized brewers would continue to conventionally brew and bottle beer for their local consumers. He added that we also know that the classic pills drinkers and all craft beer enthusiasts, especially in Germany, will be initially skeptical about our product. But with the product, the company is mainly targeting at overseas firms who would not require brewing knowledge but could turn the powdered beer into their sorry, could turn the powder into beer. For their end consumers, <laughs> it's like it's like the Senka. You remember Senka, like the pre-made coffee powder. You like instant coffee. I mean, you I make, know what instant coffee is, but you know, I don't drink it. So this is, now you know you get electrolytes in powdered packets. You get uh, you get athletic greens in powdered packets. Now you get your beer. Next will be whiskey. I can't. I can't wait. We got to figure like, out. We got to. We got to beat them to the punch. We got to figure out how we can make that happen. You know, this I really wish this came out when I went on my canoeing trips and I used to pack like two Yeti full Yeti coolers full of beer on this canoe and it like almost sank us. I wish I just had powdered beer. I could just mix up, you know, that would stream. It would make your canoe a lot lighter. There's zero chance this tastes good, right? I don't know. I mean, I like tang, right? <laughs> so it's like there's a chance. I guess that's true. I'm sure Flavor Man's behind this somehow. 
I mean, it's alcohol in powder form. I I give it a shot. Why the hell not? Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm I'll try it. Try it once. That's for sure. All right. So I guess the 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 next question is is that like say say you not mix it. What if you just drink the powder straight? Do you just is it just like <laughs> Do you just straight? get drunk? Yeah. I mean, yeah, just straight, just powder, just taking down powder kegs or something. I have no idea. But is it like shotgunning a beer <laughs> when you just take the powder? I think it'd be more the like a, the cinnamon challenge. Like you just try to take it, and it's just like. <laughs> It's like the one chip challenge, but hey, instead of shotgunning a beer, you got to funnel this uh, powder down this tube. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Yeah, this is okay. Yeah, let's let's go on. It's a it's it's a this is a long one. So just go ahead and take it in as I as I go through here. But this one is it had a lot of good little nuggets in here. So I figured I might as well put a good chunk of it in here. So Amazon. They wanted to, quote, unlock the liquor market by secretly lobbying to change laws. And this was an elite document. As reported by Vice.com, a confidential Amazon document attained by Motherboard shows how the company wanted to make an aggressive push into the alcohol delivery market by launching a multi-state lobbying campaign to change alcohol licensing laws and regulations in concert with a, quote, unquote, limited government think tank. The document titled 2021 Alcoholic Public Policy Strategy states that Amazon needed to defeat Amazon-specific legislative threats related to the self-checkout in California as it will be a highly politicized union issue and that it thought that R Street Institute could shield us by providing cover when involvement by large retail brands is detrimental to its progress. Essentially, Amazon wanted to push its public policy agenda via a third party without the public understanding it was behind this effort. Even when ignoring the actual consequences of more lenient alcohol delivery laws entirely, the document lays bare the political power that Amazon wields. In the matter of fact, it internally discusses the exerting pressure and changing laws across the country in order to establish dominance in a market where it seeks greater profits. Amazon planned to change state alcohol laws to benefit in order to, quote, unlock the alcohol market. Um, And so the company wanted to take a more aggressive strategy to modernize alcohol distribution by eliminating state licensing caps fully legalizing alcohol delivery and competing directly with package stores and wholesalers. It said, quote, our state-by-state approach has proved successful in the past three years in securing key victories and opening new geos for expansion. And unfortunately, it grows more difficult each year to achieve business wins as Amazon's profile increases, and we were forced to spend more time and political capital defending our current geos and policies rather than proactively changing alcohol laws. Amazon, the document reads, wanted all of its outlets to have as many alcohol licenses as possible. It planned to license facilities and open alcohol-carrying stores in seven new states, five of which would require a quote-unquote high degree of effort to authorize. It continues to say that Amazon would be doing a positive regulatory and political outreach in its target neighborhoods up to a year in advance to garner community support. Amazon also said it would create jobs by changing state laws to allow alcohol delivery. It identified six priority states, Colorado, Massachusetts, Nevada, Pennsylvania, South Carolina, and Wisconsin, in which to unblock delivery and other alcohol-related blockers, but only those six because of projected alcohol sales from the physical stores and the weight of effort to change laws. The reform effort would be seen as a win-win for both the states and the company. Amazon's other proposed modernization steps is a coalition effort with like-minded retailers to get rid of licensing caps in certain states and unblock central warehousing. Some states like Maryland have a set number of how many alcohol licenses can be given out. Getting rid of those caps would allow the company to get as many licenses as possible. Central warehousing, on the other hand, is a bolder move. 
the company would share its Amazon Fresh warehouse space with other businesses to increase efficiency and negotiate quantity discounts with wholesalers. An Amazon spokesperson told Motherboard in an email that it's common for people at Amazon to put ideas and documents that will never make it past the draft stage and are never used to make decisions. The document reference was drafted in 2020, more than two years ago, and not only was it never approved or implemented, the items discussed in the document are no longer relevant. The spokesperson also said that the company advocates for alcohol delivery across the U.S. So, wow, lot, lot to but, take in there. Yeah, and usually on Mark Brown's, if they're if the article's this long, I just don't read it because <laughs> it's a uh, it's just well, too much. But uh, I did have time the last two days, so I did read through this and. Uh, it is uh it is not not surprising and we thought this was going on this you know the whole time oh uh, yeah yeah as, yeah as soon as amazon bought whole foods you kind of knew that that's probably their end game was this and to their kind of do it over in uk right um and so uh but too it just shows you how hard this is going to be to change that's the unfortunate thing in all this yeah, we've talked for years, I don't know, on how many episodes that, out, that Amazon could come and totally flip the script on all this. And I know that at some point, we had tried to get somebody from Amazon that was a lobbyist for them on the show. They declined to come on. And it was really to kind of talk about, and it must have been a few years ago, it must have been kind of when this whole thing was going down. So now, now it all kind of makes sense. But this was something that I, I looked at and I said, this could be a game changer for a lot of people. Because as soon as Amazon comes in, you've got retailers, you've got wholesalers, you've got all these people that will be really kind of scrambling to figure out how do they take down this 900 pounder or 800 pounder gorilla, whatever the, the moniker is there. How do you, how do you compete with that? And it's a very, very difficult thing to be able to do, but it just goes to show you that even with state alcohol laws, man, this is, this is a, a heavy battle. And I don't know if this is something where they just, I mean, if they, if the spokesperson said that they said, you know, we're, we're just not going to do it. And I don't, I mean, I can understand where they, they don't want to get into it because of the time and effort that it takes. Because if it was if it was one fell swoop where you could change the alcohol laws once at a federal level, that would make sense. But if it's, it's a state by state level, man, can you imagine doing that for 50 states? There's just that's just a, a whirlwind of nightmares and things to be able to take care of. Plus, I know there's some other things in the, the document that we didn't put in there because they have their on-the-go technology where you can kind of walk into those stores and walk out with whatever you have and just gets charged your Amazon account because they don't have any staff there. And that would basically not fly for a lot of uh, types of purchases. So they have to, go, that's the yet another hurdle of making sure that they can win over the like-mindedness of, of the constituents and everybody that they're trying to appease with this. But I don't know. I, I like seeing this because I like to see progress. I want to see change. And I think Amazon has the ability to be able to do this and they have the political power to be able to make some things happen. I'd like to see them continue down this track, even if it is behind closed doors. I just thought it was also, I, I think that what I love most about this was that it was, it's a very like sneaky backdoor type of effort well, where it's not yeah. them doing it, it's other people doing it, but they're kind of the puppet master at the end of the day. Sure. And, you know, probably when we this whole Amazon thing first came up, you know, I was like, hell yeah, they're going to break down and yeah, we need this revolution. But and I, I do think, obviously, there needs to be laws um, changed. I think it has to be dealt with more with the uh, distribution. Um, 
I don't know. I'm not sure if I want, you know, after being in this business, I don't know if I, I want Amazon having so much power and so much leverage in this space. Um, I don't know. There's a lot of liquor stores that, you know, going through this that support brands and do what this and that. And so it's, uh, I don't know. I've kind of, I'm kind of torn on this one. I, 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 I hate to see them just like cannibalize the, the small independent chains, you know, or independent stores that, um, you know, that we, we certainly work with now with our own brand and, uh, that support a lot of small brands, you know, in this industry and, and others too. So I don't know. I'm kind of torn on this one. I, I, I don't know that it, it seems like, you know, in Kentucky delivery is great. Liquor barn does a great job with it and, you know, party mart. Um, yeah, I don't know. I'm kind of torn on this one. Yeah. I, I think, I think the winners at the end of the day would be the established brands because, if you need a bottle of Woodford, you, you don't need somebody to convince you to go buy a bottle of Woodford. You don't need to go try something new. You already know what you're going to buy. And that's an easy add to cart checkout. But you're right. A smaller brand that's trying to get more market share, more mind share, more liquid to lips, as they say, that's not going to work for a brand like ours or 90% of the ones that we have on the show to talk about that are new and upcoming and exciting because it's just gonna be the mainstays that will probably get the the most benefit out of something like that. Yeah, totally. So, um, and I don't, you may be talking about this and if not, did you see where that, uh, like where the, uh, the software that it was like in a study in Massachusetts about underage people getting like with the online ordering, I guess, and delivery, are you going to discuss that or no? No, I or? didn't. Um, that's a, that's a good one. I didn't put that on here because there was that. It was a news article. I think this was about the wine delivery, saying that they did a comparison test of uh, what was it? The ide- ideology is what it is. There was a, a certain website that they were able to deflect uh, yeah, every single bad transaction, but the other wine wholesaler said like, "Oh, we had a fifteen-year-old go and check out," but it's not the data. The data doesn't correlate to actual real world uh, well, yeah scenarios. it was a it was a forced scenario it, it didn't actually go through the real life processes so basically it, it was the argument against direct consumer that uh that uh you know with wine they were saying oh you can't uh you know validate identification or you know 15 year olds are getting alcohol whereas you know vino searcher or whatever i can't remember the site they have successfully delivered, you know, millions of trans- I think it was like yeah, almost 000. a million million transactions, and I had less than ten, you know, to be underage drinkers. Which I guarantee you that the, the statistics are way higher of underage drinkers getting access to alcohol through traditional channels. But this, like, I guess, uh, artificially created scenario. They had a fifteen-year-old go on there and order it through another site that doesn't have this. Uh, ID check was able to get it. And it's like, it's not comparing apples to apples, but they're saying, you know, I don't know. That's, I'm probably not making sense. And people are like, what the hell are you talking about? But anyways, yeah, the, the ID check, I'm sure if anybody's ever done something online and you've had sort of a, a double authentication where you have to put in either your address or your social, and that will do another form of ID lookup. And that's what those are doing. It's not just straight. Here's my credit card. Here's an address to ship it to. Yeah. And then people in the chat are saying those in controlled states would love to find a way for Amazon to get us stuff. We otherwise, well, that's good too. You know, it makes sense. You know, 
That, but that goes back to shipping across state lines, which is yet another <laughs> yeah milestone and hurdle. Yeah, it's all. Yeah, never say gonna it, get it, it. Never it, gonna get it. <laughs> oh, I was about to say, I was like, your new line is is it's more shenanigans. I, it is. I'm more gonna shenanigans. We need to put that on a yeah. t-shirt for you or a hat. It's shenanigans. It is. Shenanigans it's all shenanigans. fuckery. That's all you. All this, right? <laughs> I think uh, Mike Montgomery told me those were two good lines last week. Also. <laughs> <laughs> All right, here's our last news story, and that's the Kentucky Bourbon Festival. You know, it only comes once a year, but now you can enjoy the festival's programming from home with the weekly release of the festival's 2022 Bourbon 30 Conversations. It's a great way for folks to get a better sense of some of the festival's offerings if they haven't attended in the past, or for past past participants to catch something they might have missed. So Bourbon 30 shows a featured number of master distillers, blenders, authors, journalists, and other industry professionals on stage throughout the weekend. The festival shared the first show last week via its YouTube channel, featuring writer and KBF programming coordinator Steve Coombs with Aaron Lawrence of Blanton's Single Barrel Bourbon and Paul Clark of Imbibe Magazine talking the Blanton's move. The, sorry, the Blanton's boom. The new episodes will be shared each Thursday leading up to this year's festival, which will be taking place on September 15th through the 17th. Blanton's has a moob. <laughs> yeah, it's a moob. It's a moob. <laughs> Uh, yeah, sorry, Blanton's boom, as if there's not a Blanton's boom we didn't know about. What is that? What's Blanton's? <laughs> yeah, never heard of it. Yeah, I, I, this, this has got to uh, be a fascinating story, like seeing why and consumers' mindset, like why it took off the way it did. Oh, hell, we need to bring on a psychologist for that one. I don't think we're going to, well, I don't even think they know. So I think that's the, we have to bring somebody else on to figure that out. But like I said, this is for, I know we weren't, asked to be on this one maybe we'll see what happens this year but bourbon 30 it's the stage that was right where our booth was if you remember that to the left of us where people had all those chairs out they had the stage i know that they had bernie on there they had a bunch of other bourbon personalities on so they'll be releasing all those uh, in anticipation leading up to this year so you can kind of get a an idea of what the programming looks like it's it's fun and of course ryan and i as well as our ambassadors, we will be back at Kentucky Bourbon Festival this year. It was a great time for us. And I guess now that it's been announced, all the, the lineup came out earlier this week. So the same exact weekend is also going to be Bourbon and Beyond. So that is going to be one hell of a weekend of uh, partying, I guess you could say. Yeah. And it's like, how much caffeine and, and whiskey and liquid IVs can I pound in a week just, yep. to, just to survive. It's Wake gonna, up in the morning, start your day off at Bardstown, drive back to Louisville, get to the get to Bourbon and Beyond, then start it all over again. I was kind of mad at the lineup because I was like, damn it, there's people I want to see. <laughs> <laughs> this is a pretty good lineup. It's a really good lineup. So I'm, yeah, I, we'll have to make it this year. It's save your voices. Yes, yes. We'll be drinking lots of water, making sure we can make it all happen. That's right. All right. Well, let's take a quick break. We'll be back with some bourbon release news. If you're anything like me, then you can't get enough about bourbon. And that's why I'm a subscriber to Bourbon Plus magazine. Bourbon Plus is a quarterly publication that tells the stories from the heart of bourbon, the farmers who grow the grain, the distillers who labor over the process, and the people like you and me who raise their glasses to celebrate it all. Subscribe to Bourbon Plus Magazine today at bourbonplus.com, that's P-L-U-S dot com, and use code PURSUIT at checkout for $5 off your subscription. 
Shopify's already taken the cash register online, helping millions sell billions around the world. But did you know that Shopify can do the same thing at your retail store? Give your point of sale system a serious upgrade with Shopify. Shopify's point of sale is your command center for your retail store. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify has everything you need to sell in person. And with Shopify, you get a powerhouse selling partner that effortlessly unites your in-person and online sales into one source of truth. Track every sale across your business in one place and know exactly what's in stock. Connect with customers in-line and online. Shopify helps you drive store traffic with plug-and-play tools built for marketing campaigns from TikTok to Instagram and beyond. And get hardware that fits your business. Take payments by smartphone. Transform your tablet into a point-of-sale system or use Shopify's point-of-sale Go Mobile device for a battle-tested solution. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Do retail right with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash bourbon, all lowercase, and go to shopify.com slash bourbon to take your retail business to the next level today. Shopify.com slash bourbon. All right, everybody. It's bourbon release news time to figure out what's coming out, but in... I guess the good thing is, is that there's not a whole lot to talk about. There's just a, a few different things here. So might be able to run this one pretty quickly. And so the first one that we talked about, the, the headline was that Law's Whiskey House, it's a Denver-based distillery. They announced this week of the 2023 release of their Bottled and Bond four-grain bourbon. In 2016, more than 100 years after the Bottled and Bond Act was put in effect, Law's Whiskey House became the first Colorado distillery to release a bourbon meeting the Bottled and Bond criteria. Today, Law's Whiskey House continues to proudly carry forward this standard and tradition with the release of batch number seven of their bonded four-grain bourbon. And for the second year in a row, Law's bonded four-grain bourbon is eight years old and again consists of two separate batches. One batch is from the fall season of 2014, marked with the code batch 7F, and the other is from spring of 2015, marked with batch code 7S. As with all Law's small batch and cash strength offerings of its four-grain bourbon, batch number seven of Bottled and Bond four-grain is made with the same mash bill of 60% corn, 20% heirloom wheat, 10% heirloom rye, and 10% heirloom malted barley. And it has a suggested retail price of $80. Yeah. Is that Law? I guess they make their own stuff. I, I wasn't sure. I, it sounds like if they got heirloom stuff it, in there. If it, to be Bottled and Bond, it technically has to. Oh, that does. Duh. Sorry. I'm an idiot. Sorry, can't, Bernie. I failed your test. Can't can't source it and call it Bottled and Bond. Uh, that's right. Or can you? As long as you put the distilling season on there. Why couldn't you? Shit. I guess you're right. You can. Because Smoke Wagon had a Bottled and Bond that came out. And they, yeah, as long as you, you say exactly what distillery it came from, yes, you can. Why All right, just what do we do? What, why are we, oh, yeah, we can't do a bottled and bond because you can't blend it and be a bottled and bond. Yeah, you can't have multiple states. Yeah. All right. Well, then we just got to figure out what our next label is going to be. <laughs> old Cecil. Old Cecil. <laughs> you old Cecil bottled and bands. Yeah. Well, it's, it's, I'm sure that'll fly off the shelf. Oh, you, you remember you got your Cecil's all spread around Kentucky. You guys, you guys inbreed everywhere, apparently. There's like 50 varieties of us, and somehow I'm only related to one of them. <laughs> <laughs> Which, that was always a good story when we went to do a barrel pick at Lux Row. And I think, what was it, Sam was his name? No, Caleb. Caleb, Caleb. And he was like, he was like his name's Caleb Cecil. And he's like, you Cecil? I'm a Cecil. Who do you know? 
Oh, I know this person. Well, I know that person. <laughs> like, but you never met each other and never knew about anything. That's at some point, like the 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 family tree just started like going really tall to figure out how you all knew each other. Yeah, ancestry.com goes deep on that. <laughs> I got that for Christmas and it was like a thousand people were already related to me. I was like, what? <laughs> I'm like, how is this possible? Well, now you got to get on. Uh, oh, what's the, that you spit in the thing and, and do it? Um, 23 and me. Have you done that yet? I did do that one. 23. Maybe that's the one I did. 23 and me. Where it just automatically the- just starts pairing you up with everybody. Yeah. Spit in a tube and send it off. It was like, I'm like, is this for real? <laughs> like, how's my dried it. spit going to make it? And I guess it worked because my cousin, like my actual cousin popped up on my, on my app. I was like, damn, I guess it does work. See, it worked for me too. I had, I had cousins and family members popping up and it's not like you sit there and just add them. I mean, it literally did it. I, I thought it was fascinating. You know what? You that's, know the thing that's that what's the funny thing. Uh, yeah, go ahead. Well, I, I gave it to my parents for Christmas one year thinking like, oh, cool, just do this. And like, we'll be connected and, you know, it'll be something that it's going to live in the data and the cloud forever. And it's like all this sort of stuff. And my mom didn't do it. You know why? Because she says, I'd be really scared to know if like there's a a long lost brother or sister out there I just didn't know about. Yeah, I've had somebody, well, you know him, but I'm not going to say that would be terrible to say it. But we, I know somebody that that happened to where they did a, and then they found like a, sister and then a dad like it was crazy yeah it's happened to people i know but but why is that why is it something that you wouldn't want to know about like it's a whole well i mean obviously you would want to know but it's just i mean other than your childhood being a sham well somebody didn't want you to know so it's like (laughs) true it's uh yeah but it's like i guess have you seen this all this stuff they're trying to ban tiktok or whatever and because China knows everything about everyone. They're trying to ban it in the U.S. And I'm like, well, people spit in a cup and send it off. <laughs> you know, it's like, you're going to ban that too? I don't know. It's like, everybody knows everything about everybody. It's all free data. Just let it happen. All right. I don't mind people advertising to me what I want to buy. It's like, quit wasting my time with stuff I don't want to buy. True. True. Pass on the uh, all the, the children's toys and unicorns and rainbows and stuff. More whiskey. More whiskey ads. That's what we need. That's right. Well, Colorado stays in the news here with the next one, and that's American single malt pioneer Stranahan's. They've unveiled its second annual release of Diamond Peak. So Diamond Peak batch number two is an extra Añejo cask and is marriage of Stranahan's five- and eight-year-old whiskeys before being additionally resting at more than two years in casks that previously held Jose Cuervo Reserva de Familia extra Añejo tequila. Is bottled at 90 proof, and Stranahan's Diamond Peak Batch Number Two Extra Añejo's Cask is available nationwide and online, with a suggested retail price of 80 80 to 85 dollars per bottle. Oh, Colorado is coming out hot. I guess. Probably. Well, it's like uh, like the snow's melting. Time to get the bottles out. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we got to get this whiskey out the door at some point. Still got like one month of ski season. Get people drunk. I mean, that's true. I guess you. Yeah, because it's you do uh, probably what towards the end of March is probably when it uh, tails off, doesn't it? Yeah. Oh, I'll be in Colorado for people listening. Ooh, April. Let people know. Fourteenth. Uh, gosh, I'm sure people are loving the silence. Uh, let me look. April, April thirteenth, fourteenth, and fifteenth, and we are planning some events out there. 
uh, one in Denver and one in kind of the Estes Park area. And so more details to come, but mark your rate. calendars. Yeah. yeah. Clear your calendars. Clear the calendars. <laughs> Ryan's coming to town. Bring him some Añejo casks. Yeah, not to hijack laws or strains <laughs> product releases, but uh, <laughs> just to talk about us for another minute. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> All right. Well, here's our last news story, and that's that former Rutgers football player, which, you know, everybody doesn't hey. know that Ryan actually attended Rutgers. Alma mater. Yeah. Keep chopping. So Eric Legrand, he was paralyzed, but he recently launched his Kentucky bourbon Legrand whiskey. So according to TMZ, Legrand linked up with Brian Axelord, who worked with Conor McGregor on McGregor's Proper Number 12. Legrand and Axelord found a distillery in Kentucky, and as the cliche goes, the rest is history. Uh, And beginning quotes, I'm thinking this is about to taste like rubbing alcohol. It's going to be terrible. I took a sip, and I'm like, hold up. Let me get a little bit more, Legrand told TMZ. And I took another sample, and I'm like, whoa, describing his first time tasting the product. The former tackle also spoke about the resilience and not allowing his disability to limit his visions. He said, quote, a lot of times people see someone in a wheelchair with a disability and they think they can't enjoy alcohol or other things. And I'm like, that's totally not true. And I wanted to end that stigma. I wanted to create a brand of something that represents me, which I feel like whiskey is the perfect thing that represents me. It takes patience. It's something that's tough, strong, and something that you can celebrate life to. A portion of profits from Legrand Whiskey will go to research centered on paralysis. And Legrand also owns Legrand Coffee House, located in Woodbridge, New Jersey. And Legrand Coffee House includes a variety of signature and specialty coffees, pastries, and monkey bread from the Baltazar Bakery in Inglewood. The whiskey, however, is proofed at 88 and retails for $45 a bottle. I love this. Uh, I, I remember it was like, I think, 2009, 2000. I graduated there from 2007, so it was just a few years after I, I remember this, and then I remember coming back out on the wheelchair, but this is awesome story, man. I'm, I'm really excited for him, and this is a cool project, Now I'm going to support this. I'd also, paralysis is very near and dear to my heart because our close neighbor in front of ours has a daughter who's paralyzed in a freak accident, so it's a, there's a ton of expenses and ton of, you know, it's just hardship on families that deal with this so i don't even care if the whiskey's good i'm buying as much bottles as i can (laughs) i'm 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 all in on this well they found a distillery in kentucky i think oh so it's got to be good it's it narrows it down to probably like three or four (laughs) yeah we're probably buying whiskey from there too so (laughs) we're we're all whiskey cousins at some point that's right Yeah, yeah so this is very cool yeah, so I guess uh, go and check it out. It's at legrandwhiskey.com. But that's going to wrap it up for This Week in Bourbon once again. All right. Well, till next week. That'll do it. Toodles. Cheers, everybody. Cheers.